0: Welcome to How to Sell Your Stuff on Etsy. I'm so glad you're here. Hey, my friends. Welcome back to the show this week. I'm so glad to be here with you. And I know I'm about to make many of you very, very happy. (laughs) Today on the podcast, I am bringing you another print-on-demand expert. I know how much we love a good print-on-demand discussion. It's literally one of y'all's favorite, favorite, favorite types of episodes. Um, I found Heather of Heather Studio on TikTok and on YouTube, and she's just got a ton of great print-on-demand content. You're going to adore her. So... Here's what's amazing. Heather is a top 1% Etsy and print-on-demand seller. She's a multiple six-figure Etsy store owner. She went from zero sales to $250,000 in revenue in 2021. Okay, guys, this is not an established shop that's been around forever. She just did it recently since the pandemic began. She's been featured on Printify Success Stories UpFlip, and the Side Hustle podcast, and she's an Etsy and print-on-demand YouTube and TikTok coach that has taught multiple students to earn five figures and beyond with Etsy and print-on-demand. So I know we're all geeking out. We all love to dig into this subject. Please help me welcome Heather to the podcast. Ah, hey, Heather. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. Oh my gosh. I'm super excited because... Um, all of my listeners, many, many, many of them. I shouldn't say all because I'm, I'm a handmade seller person, but everyone is so obsessed with print on demand. And every time we have a print on demand expert, they totally geek out. And I know they are going to be completely obsessed with you because your results are amazing. Your product, you're like what you provide is amazing. Your insight is amazing. Your YouTube is amazing. So let me just, you know, be a geek and fangirl for a second. But no, I am so thrilled to have you. We're going to have a lot of fun. Yeah. So let's, um, let's start like, since I'm, I'm, I'm guessing some folks have actually come across you before because your YouTube channel is so, um, so helpful, so phenomenal, but there's probably plenty of people here who haven't before. So let's start with like, like, tell us your story. Like even before Etsy, like what's your professional background? What kind of led you into like entrepreneurship and Etsy?
1: Yeah. So I worked in healthcare prior to ever starting an Etsy store and I worked in, MRI. So I was an MRI technologist at uh, my local hospital in um, up until 2021. Uh, well, actually, up until this year. Uh, so I began in 2020 my Etsy print on demand business. I found a couple of YouTube videos online one night, and I just remember. Well, actually, I am so sorry. I have to kind of go back in my story because in (laughs) in 2020, I, um, the whole reason why I was even looking online at YouTube videos was because I, um, I got cut hours at my job when the pandemic first happened. Oh my gosh. Yeah. In (laughs) the medical
0: field. That's crazy. Okay. yeah,
1: Yeah. And that's, I guess that's one of the most surprising bits of my story when I tell it is Because usually when you think of the pandemic and the hospital, it's kind of like, okay, no one got cut from the hospital, right? And surprisingly, a lot of staffing for orthopedic surgeries and anything that supported orthopedic surgeries, such as imaging with MRI and CT, those were cut first. um, And that was one thing uh, that kind of shocked us all in healthcare. So From I I believe it was like April to June time, we were all cut hours in half. I just purchased my first home at the same time. Oh my god. So yeah. And so that all happened and I was just like, I have to find a side income. I can't I can't wait and I can't expect my job to give me hours back because a lot of my coworkers were laid off and we were talking about, Oh, someone else may have to be laid off. And I was newer to MRI. I, I'd been working about two years at this point and I was one of the newer people in. So, and I was just grateful, you know, I had a job because I know a lot of people were cut hours at this time. I was grateful that we, in my department, we were all kind of just cutting down our hours so we could all, make some type of income it was kind of a joint group effort to you know have everyone's hours so we all had at least hours rather than cutting off people completely um so during that time i realized okay i have to find a side hustle i have to find some type of side income that's going to uh, you know be my backup just in case this were to ever happen again so i found a few youtube videos about print on demand And at first I thought it was just creating t-shirts. I was like, okay, well, I could, I could maybe invest in, you know, my own t-shirt business and buy, you know, bulk order t-shirts and print and press them myself. And then I saw that there um, on the YouTube videos I was watching, it was just like, oh no, you just create the design on Canva. You upload it to your print on demand providers website And then if a customer on Etsy finds your item and they purchase it, then the print-on-demand company will print, pack, and ship the item. And I just remember thinking, wow, that's so awesome that that's (laughs) a business model. You don't have to pay at all. You don't have to uh, hire out your own print company and pay up front anything. So I decided to start in 2020, and I started with neck gators in selling them as used for face masks, which, oh my
0: gosh, yeah,
1: looking back now, that's, you know, I know a lot of states, most states don't accept neck gaiters as face masks and, you know, protection. So that, uh, and at the same time, when that happened, and neck gaiters really weren't accepted, and also Etsy was flagging a lot of accounts that had anything to do with the pandemic in the titles, tags, SEO. So, I realized, OK, I have to kind of pivot, do something else. So I started doing T-shirts. But at that time, print the print-on-demand providers were so backed up in their production times that it was taking two to four weeks to ship out items to customers. And I remember, you know, as a new Etsy store, you need the highest reviews possible when you start. So it, it just hit me. Maybe this isn't my time. So I completely closed my store on Etsy. And so in 2020, I, I, actually failed my first attempt and I know. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, but I did get just a few sales here, or there on the neck gators, but because of the production times, you know, those customers got them in four weeks and they didn't even, they didn't even write a review or anything. And I wrote you know, messages to them. And I said, I'm so sorry about this. Just so you know, the store is closing, but we are still going to get the neck gaiters to you. They're on their way. Here's the tracking information. And so after that, in 2021, I decided, hey, you know, I, I, it was so weird because prior to January of 2021, because I closed my store and I believe it was June or July of 2020. So for the next like six months-ish about, I, I remember just feeling very sad when I got my hours back at work and I was sitting there and even on my drives home from work, I was like, why am I so sad? I feel defeated. And it hit me that I got a taste of print on demand and the world of Etsy and I knew I had to get back into it. So in December, I meant I made that mental step to say, hey, I'm going to get back into this come January. So when January 2021 hit, I reopened my store. I posted over 100 different listings with my the print on demand and Etsy business. And by, I think I got my first sale after four or five weeks. And then the next month, I had a few hundred in sales. Wow. <laughs> and then by the end of 2021, I had $250,000 in revenue on my. At and print on demand store. And uh, that was a take home gross profit of six figures. And I had never seen six figures in any of my careers. <laughs> <So. Love
0: that. laughs> yeah. Okay. I have to know though, did you, because everyone always asks this and, and you're a success story. So did you put your shop on vacation mode and then reopen it? Or did you start over with a brand new shop?
1: I put it on vacation mode and then I reopened it. So yeah, yep. it works. Yeah. It, works. it does. Yep. Yeah,
0: I also just love, um, because I think a lot of people, I don't know if you tell me if you hear this from coaching clients, they'll be like, well, only the old established shops sell anything, especially in print on demand, they'll be like the new shops don't sell anything. And you're an example of someone who knew, you know, you're in the last two years, you're definitely in the amount of time when Etsy instituted all of the bots that were shut that are shutting people down, you know, and kind of Mm -hmm. being more strict on the shops. So yay for that, too. Do do you hear that a lot?
1: I do. And I always kind of come back with the testimonials I've had through my own coaching clients and students I've seen, uh, even people who message on YouTube or I get emails almost every day now, which is really cool that people say, I just started my store a month ago and I have, you know, five sales and this really does work. I can't believe it actually, you know, is still working in 2022. So totally. Yeah.
0: Well, okay. Let's hone in then because that, I didn't appreciate that you started in 2020. And also, I, I have to say, I have to interject this because because there was, were you, did you get the email from Etsy at some point in 2020? I can't, and I, part of the problem is I can't remember when it was. And it was actually asking sellers to start selling masks, to make and sell masks, face coverings. Wow. Do you remember that? Or was that kind of when you maybe had turned it off? It must've I, been actually, maybe.
1: Yeah, I think it might've been when I turned it off. so So like
0: in those first few months when none of us knew what we were doing i think etsy was like oh my gosh like put the brakes on anything pandemic related we don't want to get sued and then after that we were all getting emails they were like can you please sell masks can you please sell masks so okay that's super interesting you'd actually put a pause on it i do i do wonder how the gators would have done um i think that's that was really clever i was wondering if that was going to be what really took you off because what you know what a perfect search term to be coming in with at a time when people were like desperate for face covering so it's so interesting how that all transpired
1: yep yeah
0: okay but yeah i would love to kind of like zone in on the the journey from the early days like you said it was five weeks before you even got a sale the early days were things where things you, were you were trying to figure it out um and i'm saying early days of 2021 when you reopened and i know you <laughs> uploaded all of those um those listings which is so cool but like Like talk about the journey from the very beginning of just starting to get a trickle of sales to getting to this, the incredible stats of 15K a month with a print on demand product.
1: Yeah. um, So I guess in January when I first began, I was kind of trying to ride the waves of what was seasonally working for other people. So, and I I don't know, I've heard a lot of my previous clients and students kind of fall into that trap, I'd like to say that it's kind of like the positivity shirts and the workout niche and the, you know, design for Easter since Easter's this month and things like that, which, you know, can work for some people. But I was trying to do that and I realized quite quickly that I was going into very broad niches. and. Okay. Okay. And I, I know this is a controversy on if it's niche or niche. So I do apologize. <laughs> I,
0: I don't think there's a right or wrong on that at all.
1: <laughs> yeah, I always feel very. I, I that's like the number one comment I get on TikTok is
0: <laughs> is they're like yeah. it's niche, not niche or it's yeah. niche. <laughs> Oh yeah. my gosh, wolf.
1: Yeah. So now, what do you say? Yeah, um, I say niche, and I've like I've made a few YouTube videos about this, you know, just at the beginning of a video where I say niche and I've looked on Google and it's, you know, every time I do the voice, you know, it it does the voice memo of it. It, it says either way. So.
0: Yes. Because in architecture, when you're talking architecturally, it was always niche. You're when they would talk about in the cathedrals, the niche. So. So so fascinating. Yeah, I, I think it's. Fine. I think like I think like it's okay. We all ugh, people are so picky. It's fine. Okay, yeah. good. You and I agree on niche then, and we're just we've just established that as the rule right here. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> so after I kind of realized I was going into such broad audiences, yeah, I I really started studying what other big stores were doing. I was I started finding other print-on-demand Etsy stores that were selling the same things as me. So t-shirts and sweatshirts. I I really just started looking at their stores. And I know this is kind of probably not the best thing to do, but every time I found a store that was doing well, I look for their items that said, add 20 to cart or added 20 to cart. You know, yes. This is a popular item, bestsellers.
0: Literally what um, I teach. Yes.
1: Yeah. I would just go in, I would take a pen and, um, a notebook. And I would just write down every single thing that I saw 20 plus added to cart. Um, and over time that gave me a really great picture of what really sold and what people liked the trends. And, you know, I could say the trends that were two years ago, but it's so different now, you know? So, um, that's kind of what I did. And I found narrow niches through that. I found, um, Maybe higher demand, but broad niches to go into, uh, but lower competition. If that makes any sense, I guess that maybe I kind of contradicted when I said narrow. No, no, that makes
0: sense. <laughs> higher demand. Lots of people are looking for it. Yeah, a ton of, of sellers are providing it. So you said it perfectly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, and that's kind of what I was going for, um, to kind of pull me up in the algorithm. So I would use like those broad niche terms in my SEO, but then I would also use the narrow niche. So it would pull me up in the broad and then also in the narrow targeting the specific customer. So an example of that would be, you know, instead of teacher t-shirt, I would do first grade math teacher t-shirt, which is super narrow. You know, and I would design for that. And so that's how I kind of grew how many listings I had because, you know, one design I would create into a template. And then I would create 10 different designs over the same design, just swapping out the words, swapping out. Oh my gosh, brilliant. um, Yeah, like first grade, second grade, third grade. So I started to do that. And I just found every, you know, all these different niches through studying kind of these little trends out of other stores. And that's how I got to, you know, a high volume listing store so quickly is because I was using the same design templates, just different niches, different narrow categories. And, um, so I kind of branched out from there, but then, so the way I went from one sale to hundreds of sales, what I believe happened is when I got social media involved and wow. yeah, I I saw some organic sales here or there. Like it was like small, spotty, you know, it was like one organic sale one week, next week it'd be two, and then another one sale the next week, and I was like, "Okay, like this is nice, but it's not a full-time thing. It's not, you know, just in case my job, I get cut hours from work again, it's not going to be enough." So I went into some Facebook communities and I asked all the admins before I did anything, I just said, Hey, um, you know, I joined this community. I have the small business. Am I able to promote it and offer anyone in the community a 20% off discount? And a lot of the admins surprisingly said yes to me. However, I know now that I've kind of shared that idea on my YouTube. (laughs) A lot of people have been, emailing me or commenting and saying, Hey, this worked when you did it, but now it's not really working anymore because a lot of people are trying to do that now, but there are still admins that will say yes, but you know, you don't want to get blocked for spam if you are, you know, listening to this podcast and looking to do that. So always ask for approval from the admin, but that's what I did. And once I posted that first, um, I posted in a few different Facebook groups and when i started doing that i started out of nowhere getting uh i mean not out of nowhere but you know the posts went viral in those communities and i started getting 20 to 30 sales a day for probably a few weeks and i i posted for those few weeks and then i said you know what i'm just gonna stop posting on these communities and also I kind of got busier with work hours. I started taking more overtime. I had more on-call hours at the hospital. So I kind of went hands-off and I was like, I'll just deal with the customer service because I, I'm just not paying attention to the social media right now. And in after I stopped posting on social media, I was still getting 20 to 30 order days. And I was like, wow, this is crazy. I'm not even posting on social media And then I looked into my Etsy, my Etsy statistics, and I saw that I was getting um, organic traffic just through my SEO, through the search, Mm -hmm. through related. Um, So I was just, you know, it was just, it became an organic machine for my store. And um, I stopped really posting. I mean, unless I saw less sales, especially, you know, July, June, those are really slow months. So... I'd post in the Facebook communities, then I'd be like, okay, um, you know, here's a new item I just released, here's another coupon. And that would spike up my sales again, just for a little bit. But um, yeah, that's how it kind of all ramped up to 15k plus months. So
0: Heather, you were the queen of organic traffic.
1: Oh, thank you.
0: I kind of want to crawl into your brain a little bit you are, like from all of our conversations. You are, you are so good at that. Okay. So one of the, one of the questions I see the most um, about print on demand on Etsy is about beginner expectations. And you, I, I hope, okay. My beloved listeners, Heather has already literally taught a course in the past 10 minutes. I literally can't believe how much, like uh, literally I'm just like checking off in my mental list. I'm like, these are literally the things that I paid for a course to learn. And it does help to see it. Like, I think it makes sense to me because I've done it for so many years and I'm just like, yep, that's the gold. That's the pot of gold right there. But yeah. sometimes you have to see how someone does it. And that's really helpful. Like the step by step, but how quickly do you think new shops can expect to see sales? Like, what do you think is reasonable and what kinds of things can they do to troubleshoot if they're not seeing views and sales? Cause I, I think social media is great. But like you said, we've got enough to find something like probably Facebook groups are not going to work as well. Um, what would you What are you teaching folks now?
1: Yeah, sorry, that was um, three questions in one. Let me know if you. Oh want no. me to say
0: that you're, you're getting pregnant, with your Brain Lizzie, in such a hardcore oh. way.
1: Uh, so, as far as how long it takes to get those first initial sales, generally, I say a few weeks to even a month to two months, and that's if you're just doing this all organically. I I feel like even for me, when I began, I was like, okay, I posted a listing; it's out on this organic traffic machine that's supposedly Etsy. I should get a sale, right? If I post one listing and I, you know, I did not get that when I reopened my store, it took four to five weeks. And I was really, you know, it's when you start getting discouraged, that's when you get the sale. So if anyone's there, uh, you know, it's going to happen. You just have to keep those listings up and let the Organic traffic machine that Etsy is, do its work. It will work eventually, but sometimes it takes longer for some people. And if you're not seeing that, um, you know, going to, uh, as far as what I'm teaching now, I suggest instead of Facebook communities, try Instagram, try TikTok. TikTok. And there's a lot of ways to make posts, Instagram reels um, through just image mockups or any of the images that you're posting. On your uh, listings, you can easily do that um, nowadays with the technology we have and software. So um, I feel like I might have missed one question.
0: No, I think you got, I think I just made it sound like 17 questions. Have oh, you no. done anything with, with Pinterest at all?
1: Um, I used to play around with Pinterest. I had, last time I checked, I was getting, I think I have a total of like 30,000 views on Pinterest pinterest but i i really or pinterest sorry i always say it wrong that's another controversy or at least i get comments (laughs) um so i did use pinterest for a little bit um but i didn't really stick to it i think i found facebook communities and it was working for me in the facebook groups and i was like wow like this is this is the secret sauce to social media because people are so passionate in the Facebook groups. And totally. that's that's what I found. And then Instagram was my second source. So I actually opened up a Shopify uh, store with print on demand. And I was getting a few sales a week on my Shopify store with just Instagram and just posting on Instagram. I'd post you know, a few times a week and it was just the mock-up images I made for my print on demand Etsy listings that I wow. post. Yeah, so um, Instagram's a great place too. Um, if you're not feeling comfortable with going on Facebook. So
0: do you use mm-hmm. hashtags? Do you recommend using hashtags to help yes. index them? Okay. yeah, It's the, I hear people have such mixed mixed opinions about that now too. So I was just curious. You know what's so fun about all of this is mm-hmm. that there are so many paths to success. You know, like I get yeah. have 10 other guests on the podcast and every and someone else is like you have to be on Pinterest. It's done. It's built my entire business. And like someone else is like, I don't do any social media. It's all organic. You know what I mean? I love how there's yeah. so many different paths. Um, so that's, I think, I think it's great. We've got to figure out what our own little secret sauce is. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: what do you think are like the biggest mistakes that new uh, print on demand shops tend to make?
1: I think one of the biggest mistakes is that, People don't post the full package with print-on-demand. And what I mean by that is when they upload their design to let's say their print-on-demand providers back end, they publish it to their Etsy store and then they're just like, well, I have it up. I I'm going to edit it tomorrow or the next day. And I think that's one big mistake I see a lot is people are like, oh, I could do when I, when I do the print-on-demand business, I can do it in small. Increments like I can just do all the designs one day, upload them to print on demand backend, and then later I'll do the image mockups. I'll get the high quality images up. I'll edit the SEO tags, and I think that's one of the biggest mistakes I've seen recently, at least, um, just because of how Etsy pushes out your listings to potential customers, and you know, the first day that you publish everything is when. Etsy is already kind of calculating how well your listing will do in their system, so it will show it to multiple customers. And if you don't have those high quality mockup images up, if you don't have the SEO complete and the tags complete within, you know, the first hour at least, that's that's kind of my goal, at, at least yeah. to do that all within the first hour. Because if a customer sees it in another hour. And they click into it, they add a favorite to it, or maybe they purchase it, then that shows Etsy, you know, hey, this is a great listing. Let's boost it more in the algorithm. So that's at least something that I've noticed um, as one of the common mistakes. Um, that's but so I, good.
0: I hadn't heard that. That's really, uh, really good.
1: Yeah. So
0: were there any others you want to throw out?
1: Um, I'd say the second one, um, I guess, is just the broad versus narrow niche. Yeah. ordeal right now i think you know it's good to have a mix of broad and narrow but i would not put all my eggs in one basket for broad niche category terms and saying like mom niche only and maybe um you know baby shower niche something like that i feel like you need to get a little bit more narrow as far as the mom niche goes maybe new mom or expecting mother, something like that, Um, you know, instead of just mom t-shirt. So,
0: Absolutely. That's huge. This podcast is brought to you by my very own website, howtosellyourstuff.com, where I have created lots of free and paid tools to help you be successful with your new Etsy shop, As I've developed this business, I've really focused on thinking back to my early days of trying to figure Etsy out, and I brainstormed a list of the things that would have helped me make more sales earlier. And everything I'm creating over there is expressly to make sure that you can get there faster than I did. Two of my courses, Listings That Sell and Customer Service Templates, are perfect resources for that fledgling Etsy seller. Listings that sell will teach you how to position your products for sales by setting up your listings with the best photos, keywords, and branding to attract your perfect customer. I'm showing you how research is your secret weapon for getting your product seen and sold, and I'm giving you my step-by-step process for how I personally research as a strategy in my own shop. Customer service is way more critical to sales than most shop owners realize. So in my mini e-course, Customer Service Templates, I'm teaching you my exact customer service strategy and providing you with templates of my specific wording for over 20 different customer service scenarios, including some of the hardest ones. You don't have to go figure out what to say and how to say it. I've already done that for you. One of the main keys to being a successful business owner is working harder on yourself than anything else. So go grab these courses and get yourself on the fast track to your Etsy shop goals. I can't wait to watch you do it. Okay. That it's actually kind of a perfect segue into this next thing I want to talk to you about, because, um, I'm curious what your experience is here. Like I, I think once, you know, you've got your initial listings up and I'm a big advocate of, um, and gosh, you did this differently. Like today, I don't know if you've seen this today. If someone puts up, you know, 20 listings in a day, a lot of times they're getting suspended for that. So we're having to kind of trickle them out more gradually. Like that consistency is is what Etsy is looking for. Do you agree with that by the way?
1: I do. Um, I definitely agree that adding more listings consistently rather than just, a bulk uploading everything is really causing that Etsy flag to happen Okay, for all the new stores I've at least seen. So. I love we get to
0: put our heads together on that. I'm like, what yeah. are you seeing? Because <laughs> it, it just, I mean, when I launched, that was not a thing when my shop was launched. And I mean, it's been off now for about a year, but, um, well, I've been, you know, trying to get pregnant and growing this baby, but, um, <laughs> Uh, It seems like older shops that are still open are not being flagged in the same way, even if they continue with that behavior. It's the newer shops that are experiencing it. So it's so fun to have someone like you to bounce be like, are you seeing this too? Because it's different from what I experienced. Oh, yeah. Um, But what I was going to ask is kind of when you first start getting those first sales coming in... um, I think, I personally think that's the time to put your foot on the gas, right? That's not the time to be like, okay, cool. I'm going to start getting sales. You need to kind of like leverage that momentum. There's something really special that happens in that period there. Mm -hmm. So I was curious to ask you, um, how did I want to phrase this? Um, What are some things that you can do to to, a new seller can do to start scaling their shop when they start hitting that? You kind of figure out, okay, this, I've kind of figured out this will work. This will sell. How, could, how can they scale from there so they kind of take advantage of that momentum period?
1: Yeah, um, I feel like one of the things is, first of all, hon- honing in on the items that are selling. So let's say you get your first sale and it's on, we'll go to maybe Army Mom t-shirt that sells. Then it's like, oh, wow, Army Mom t-shirt sold. So how can you brainstorm other items in that specific niche and kind of narrow it down and, you know, take that design that's really working and taking it to maybe instead of a t-shirt, a sweatshirt, maybe instead of a sweatshirt, a tank top. Um, and then also taking instead of army mom, maybe navy mom. Um, you know, you can look up all the different sectors of... Um, different type of uh military, you know, sectors yeah. you can look into and add that um in front of the mom um and just kind of change it out, swap it out and see what else sells. Uh, because if that design's really working for that specific narrow niche, it's probably gonna work for the other narrow niches. And that's kind of how I have leveraged my scaling ability is just taking those things that work. Um and just kind of going from there and scaling out that way. So, um, and I'm so sorry, I think you had a second part of that question that I totally did. No, not. I think you just got
0: mom brain again. I from me. I, think, <laughs> I, think I just made it sound like more than one. You literally, you answered that perfectly. Um, I, I just think that that period there, there is an opportunity because what's happening is Etsy's, Etsy has clearly something you've created has has drawn attention from the audience that Etsy put it in front of. Mm-hmm. The more sales you get and the more things you create around that are only going to like add fuel to the fire. It's sort of like you got your fire. It's lit. It's not raging yet. And you throw some kindling on it. And so you want to leverage that time because it's just going to give you faster success. It doesn't mean that if you if you miss out on that period, you can't ever get there like listen to your story where you turned your shop off when it was brand new for months and months and still did just fine did more than fine is an understatement of the millennia but there's just something special that you can leverage to get faster results so I think that's a brilliant way to go about it
1: mm-hmm.
0: um what about people who don't have design experience and know they're uh, I think okay when i when i take a look at shops i a lot of times on tiktok i'll tell folks like you can send me your shop link and i'll send you a few pointers and i'm not going into any kind of deep shop review i'm just building community and loving on people because a lot of times they just don't even have the basics and i'm looking at their designs and their photos and being like this is never gonna sell how am i going to tell you this without breaking you into a thousand you know i'm looking at the designs and thinking this is never going to compete and you're so far so how can someone who kind of has a sense gosh I, my designs aren't going to be able to compete where I'm at now. Um, do you have any advice? Because I don't. I don't know what to tell someone other than those aren't going to sell. Go look at the best sellers. And I don't know. Um, but how could they improve? Or Do, do you have strategies for that?
1: Yeah. Um, I generally say to design items that you would want to buy. And I know sometimes that's not really – it's not helpful if someone has, like, a really – you know, abstract taste. <laughs> exactly. So it's probably not going to help those people. But generally, I always say go basic. Some of the most common mistakes I see with designing is people go way over complicated. They have multiple fonts, multiple colors in one design. And, you know, you go on Etsy, and one of the top things is a dog mom t shirt. I saw this like a year ago, one of like the best selling you know, types of listings for t-shirts on Etsy was a shirt that said dog mom on it in like a handwriting font. And it was just on a t-shirt and it was a bestseller. And I was like, that's, that's all you have to do, you know? And it's really just finding those more simple, basic fonts, maybe a font that you like that you're like, oh yeah, I'd wear a shirt with that on it. Um, And just kind of you know seeing what stores are doing it's all a learning process and if you're not getting sales it might be the design and you might have to go back to work on a design so
0: yeah um i my sister and i played with some print on demand stuff a few years ago when she was in a job where she had a lot of downtime and we're not doing it now but um yeah. one thing that really helped and and we both have design experience but sometimes you can still find catch yourself making something really ugly mm-hmm. and we made some things that we thought were going to be super cute we ended up making some like really good ones but we mm-hmm. actually ordered samples um a so we could be like a walking billboard and we you know we just like wanted to enjoy them and and when mm-hmm. they arrived and you could actually I, I don't know. It kind of opened my eyes and it wasn't just that it, the, the photo didn't properly represent the shirt. It was like, Oh, that's not as cute as I thought it was. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it can help if you're looking at something and you have maybe more abstract taste, or you don't know, like maybe order one <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: and see like, Oh, do I love wearing this? Do I feel super cute? Do I get compliments when I wear it? Do people ask about it? Um, I, For, I was really surprised at how much that helped. Cause I really thought, you know, with my experience, like my mock-ups were like a fair representation of like, I don't know. So what do, you, do, you, do you tend to do that? Will you have them send you some
1: examples? To, you do? Oh, I yeah, love that. Yeah. I uh One of my first designs I, I designed, I ordered it and I got it in the mail and I was like, oh, <laughs> because <laughs> the, the design placement, it was way too up on the collar. So it was like right here on the collar, you know? And I was like, oh, that does not look right. And you know, and then I had a customer email me one of the designs that it was slightly to the right on the t-shirt. And for a moment, you know, you have that moment of, oh, it's the print on demand company, you know, they must have printed it incorrectly misaligned. And then I looked at the design and I was like, oh my gosh, that was me. (laughs) So uh, it's just little things, you know, it's, it's all trial and error. It's building that experience, that confidence in what you do, like, I, I like to say I know so much about Etsy because I made so many mistakes that yeah. now I teach, like, how to not make the mistakes I did. So, yeah. <laughs> um, What about, like,
0: figuring out what are going to be best-selling designs? Because, I mean, I know you, you and I are both, like, high integrity about this. And even though we use the best sellers and the ones that have tons in the cart and the ones that we know we're selling as inspiration, we're not, like, directly copying them. Because, A... I mean, how, how does that benefit anything?
1: <laughs> like, mm-hmm.
0: and B, that, you know, well, you could get flagged. And B, it's just like, no, you you need to use it as inspiration. So how do you guide folks to figure out how they can start, you know, creating their own bestsellers without, again, getting super creative to the point where no one will buy it?
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I'd say what I like to teach is just pulling kind of three different bestsellers in the same niche or category and kind of looking at their designs and kind of taking a little bit of each rather than copying one directly. So, you know, what we saw recently was the retro designs are really in. And so maybe doing a retro font, maybe not the exact same font, but then you can look at a color palette of a different bestseller and it's a really nice color palette You know, I've seen the retro colors are in again, so maybe, you know, you kind of can play around with the colors with a different font that's really in. Um, You know, I, I think two years ago, and I think it's still a trend, is the leopard types of items, too. It never seems
0: to go away. Yeah, it it never goes away.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So that's another one. You know, you could do the leopard print in some lettering if you'd like, in a popular letter lettering, um, you know, the bison font. That's been around for a while now. The bolded bison is a big uh best selling font that I've seen on a lot of t shirts for print on demand. Um but doing like an overlay of the leopard print on that, you know, you could easily just kind of mix and match inspiration rather than take directly from one person because I've seen that with my store where I've had I just recently I feel so bad. I so I'll contact sellers if they copy directly off of my designs. My designs aren't hard to are hard to make, you know. But I've I've had several, you know, 20 plus sellers copying my designs over the past two years. So I generally reach out to them first and say, Hey, you know, I'm fine with you creating this design. At least it's a different color. And, you know, something, something just has to be different. I don't know what you can make different, but you just can't copy the same exact fonts, you know, Mm -hmm. because I, I put in work to make this design and I didn't, you know, this was one of the designs was one of them that I, I completely created by myself I didn't pull inspiration. The one thing that I finally didn't, you know, pull inspiration off of, I got copied. And (laughs) (laughs) so with that being said, you know, it depends on the seller that you are going off of because they might still report you and you could still get flagged by Etsy. But for me personally, um, you know, I'm fine if someone copies the exact same fonts I use, at least they change a color. At least they get a little bit more creative, and i think that's you know acceptable but you know it it really depends you have to be careful nowadays so
0: that that whole um climate has completely changed and we should actually let me let me jump to that question because um i was going to do this at a different time but i i we have seen such an influx of trademark violations and shop suspensions i i there's never a week that goes by that someone's not reaching out to me like, can't, I mean, and I understand why, you know, as an Etsy the expert, they think I've got an inroad, but like you violate one of those things, there is nothing I can do, or mm-hmm. you can be like, we are all, our hands are tied, Prevent, prevention is where we need to go, you know, attack this from, is don't get in trouble in the first place, but yeah. Um, I know a lot of our listeners have, have, have this particular question and we've already talked about, I've already wondered some of the things we've talked about, like is army mom now trademarked? Like some of these things I'm wondering, you know, like some of the the quotes, the phrases we've talked about, but Mm -hmm. what can you share? Because I I would never put you on the spot for legal advice or anything like that. Nothing in this podcast is legal advice. It's all just for educational purposes, but Mm -hmm. what can you share to help our new or soon to be shop owners avoid getting in trouble or shut down?
1: Yeah, um, it's definitely having a process and habits in place when you are designing and creating a new item. Even if you're not in the print-on-demand world and you're handmade, you still need to make sure you know that everything is okay to use in your SEO. Especially, a lot of people are surprised yeah. when a lot of us uh, Etsy coaches say, "Hey, you know, if you put Ghostbusters in your title or tags." You know you're going to get taken down or starbucks if you're in the coffee lover niche it's going to get taken down and one of the best ways to prevent that is uspto.gov there's a tess trademark system you can write in the word, um, you know, sometimes there's education that you need to do to kind of learn how to use it, but there's plenty of free videos on YouTube. Yeah. There's the TESS system that helps you. And also you can also just type in the word that you're suspicious of in Google and put, you know, trademark after it. Sometimes it might not be valid though, but, um, you know, and if you're really, really concerned, uh, I, I. I'd hate to suggest this because I know it's expensive, but even maybe uh, considering legal advice, legal consult, just on a word that you're really confused about. So
0: yeah, I mean, it's, it's become really tricky because also sometimes it will change, you know, um, something may not be trademarked this year and it might become one of your best sellers, but next year someone's paid for the trademark. And so you do have to create a system in place. I don't think it should totally freeze you in your tracks. I think it's like. What, what what needs to become obvious that isn't, and it shocks me, is that any name, brand, or character mm-hmm. is trademarked. You can't do Winnie the Pooh. I learned you I learned the hard way years ago, you know, you can't do Gilmore Girls. You can't do Mickey Mouse. Or and, and, and everyone will come back to me and say, but Lizzie, there are so many sellers that have shops that are selling those things, and they're not getting shut down. And I'm just like, you know what? They were there before the bots were there. But their day is coming, and here's the thing: don't be jealous of them because what could happen is they could get sued for all of the sales they've had to date, yep. and be held legally responsible for that. So don't think that, like, don't think that they're in the clear just because they haven't been shut down. Like, they, they, you're actually better off getting shut down than than getting sued because you've made hundreds of thousands of dollars from a, a, a trademarked item. Yep.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I- I think this was the funniest comment I ever got on a YouTube video, but someone said, you don't mess with the mouse. And I <laughs> I just got a really good kick out of that. <laughs> and I still, I repeat it to this day because I, I Wait say, that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm like, don't mess with the mouse. Cause you know, Mickey mouse will, you know, they will come, come for your store and take, you know, a lawsuit is much more expensive than, you know, the, the startup costs of a, Print on demand business, so it's yes. like you said, you rather would want to be shut down at that point. So,
0: a million percent, stay away from friends, stay away from any TV show, any character, all of that. Mm-hmm. And then I was really surprised, like really simple things. Um, I I always say I always describe myself as kind of a campy, down to earth person, and so I love anything that says happy camper. And mm-hmm. that happens to be trademarked. <laughs> yeah. So you just have to be careful. And I, you guys, what I'll do, let me make a little note. I will link my little, um, there's going to be m- more, I can't do two things at, one, at a time. Um, there's going to be more detailed explanations that you can find on YouTube and everything. But I have a TikTok um, showing a really quick tutorial of USPTO.gov and how to just, just how to use it real fast. Because sometimes that helps me when I can just get a little snapshot, I don't have to figure it all out. I will link that video in the show notes for you guys, so you can peek at it. Do you, ha- can you- is there any other resource you're thinking of, Heather, that I should link for that?
1: It's just uspo.gov. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. said it perfectly. So yeah.
0: perfect. Okay. Well, I'll include that just because we have spent a lot of time on it. Okay. So we actually kind of love how this has worked out. We <laughs> have to talk about your YouTube channel because it's epic. It's so <laughs> it's so good. Your content is so good thank you there's a ton of amazing advice over there so you guys seriously check it out and um it's let me, let me check my notes here it's Heather studio on youtube and i'll link that as well of course um but okay so i i obviously you know binged it and before before we started hanging out and one of your most popular videos was um the most profitable niches of t-shirts and so mm-hmm. i'm wondering if like if we could be special for just a minute here on the how to sell your stuff on Etsy podcast and ask you for a little sneak peek. Like, can you tell us um, some of the top niches that we could be exploring for t-shirt designs right now?
1: Yeah. um, I think that there is the family types of niche. Like, um, like right now, of course, with the holidays in um, Christmas family vacation, I feel like those always really work, but even Um, family vacation outside of Christmas, <laughs> and different group types of t-shirts. Um, I've seen those really sell well, but it if if we're talking profit-wise, I think those are the best as far as t-shirts go because you're getting those bulk orders. Yes. But another place that a lot of people don't think about is the kids' teams and kind of the sports. Oh my gosh. Teams. Yeah, except for as we were talking about trademarks, you want to make sure that you're not using any trademark mascots or anything like that um but then again we're kind of looking at the bulk order types of items um and then occupational niche career focused niches i'd say those are always great because again you're getting the bulk orders for departments and maybe teachers maybe um once i had a whole um elementary school reach out to me about hey can we get an art teacher t-shirt can we get a music teacher t-shirt math teacher so it was really fun you know making all those for that whole group and and i kept the listings up and those ended up in sales too so that was really cool yeah
0: I'm so excited that happened for you too. Some of my best sellers were things that someone reached out and asked for sort of in a custom way. And then, but it was so cute and I knew other people would like it. And so when I listed it, it became like a bread and butter listing. So I think that's brilliant. Oh my gosh. And I love the bulk order concept. I love that you could have one t-shirt design, but someone buys it for their whole family for Mm -hmm. their crews. And you can, I mean, that is That was definitely not something I experienced in my niche, you know, like, you know, hand painting signs, they weren't ordering 20 at a time. And PS, if they did, I was mad because I had to paint them all then. (laughs) It wasn't like you got the the brilliance you guys have with print on demand. Okay. So, gosh, yeah, you have given us so much value, Heather. What are your top three tips for people who want to start selling? And they're like listening to this. They're kind of getting jazzed, which happens every time. I'm going to get the really cute emails from folks. What are just some three basic tips that you'd give kind of really beginner um, encouragement?
1: Yeah, um, I would say to definitely, I feel like we did talk about this earlier. So I'm kind of pulling back. To no, it's earlier, good. Do it again. Yeah. <laughs> number one is to go narrow, not broad um for your niches especially um really any niche i feel like people are very specific in what they want now and you know when you go on google if you think of just when you're trying to search up a t-shirt for yourself and you get all these different google search results and it's it's almost annoying now because everyone's trying to rank for the same SEO, but it's not the correct term that you're searching as a customer. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's kind of the trajectory that we're going in for at least Etsy as I've seen um, and SEO as it stands is people are very specific in what they want. And if you're ranking for that specific term and it's the correct item that the customer seeks, that's kind of the, the mindset to get into starting in to any business with Etsy, even if you're handmade, even if you're with print on demand. Um, my second tip is to just be simple. The designs when you're starting out, you don't have to do any complicated things. You don't have to, you know, draw a dragon yourself and (laughs) put it on a t-shirt. You can just go really basic, really simple. And the third tip I have is just to Price competitively, but you don't have to be the lowest on the search. I think, you know, what we're seeing right now is what I like to say the clickbait listings, which are the listings that are showing, you know, a t shirt for $7.99. The customer clicks into the listing and they choose the t shirt size and color they want and they see it's $20. And I think that's what's frustrating for the customer, but also the seller. So, that's something that I suggest is, you know, a Bell and Canvas 3001 T-shirt is one of the most commonly used T-shirts for print on demand, along with the Gildan, I believe it's 5000 And with those T-shirts, you you can still get a really nice profit of around $7 plus per T-shirt, um, selling it at $20. So that's why you kind of want to stay in the mid-range if you're starting out. But I guess those are my my three quick tips. So.
0: I think those are perfect. I think those are, the, there's there's such a great launching pad from, from those. But also, I mean, you have some, in addition to your YouTube channel, you have some spectacular print-on-demand resources. It was one of the reasons I wanted to have you. I love offering choices um, and people are always wanting to learn more about print-on-demand. So please tell us about... Um, you know, what you offer on your website, like some of your 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 coaching, your courses, that kind of thing. Like what, what more do you have available if people want to go deeper with you?
1: Yeah. Uh, so right now I'm running a 90 minute training where I go over how to earn your first 10K with Etsy and Print On Demand. I also have a Etsy and Print On Demand crash course. Both of these types of trainings are free, but if you do want to get started with Etsy and Print On Demand today and you want those step-by-step tutorials, I have it all in um, a completely free course on my website, but also I have the how to earn your first 10K with Etsy and print on demand to start with as well. So,
0: Okay. And we will, li- I have all of those here to- that will be linked in the show notes for you guys. So you can grab them easily um, and they'll be labeled so you can figure out which one you want to go to. Are you, so do you show them how to, um, where can they find, I get this question a lot. So I'm going to ask you, um, yeah. does one of your things that you offer show how to like, connect printify or printful to the to your etsy shop yes which which resource would that be
1: the etsy print on demand or what am i saying the etsy and print on demand crash course that is the one that goes a to z on how to integrate how to set up like manual push versus automatic push i go over it all in detail i go over like print on demand pricing and how you get a profit with print on demand. I give real life examples of my own profit margins and things like that. So it's all kind of laid out in that course for any, anyone who's a beginner. So.
0: Okay. So step-by-step perfect. That's what people are always asking for. And I love that you created that. And then, um, one of your, one of your offerings is for more advanced, right? Showing more into some of the, which one, which one would that be?
1: Yes. So I have a print-on-demand academy, which is what I call my master course for people who have kind of dipped their toes into the water of print-on-demand and they really want to scale it and they know, you know, they're really into print-on-demand and this is for them. I generally say to take the 90-minute training first and the Etsy and print-on-demand crash course to make sure that this is the path they want to go down yes. before they go into go into the master course, but the master course is essentially my strategies on how to scale, how to do the marketing, the organic, uh, marketing with Instagram and Facebook, how to find those Facebook groups, how to, um, post consistently on Instagram and you don't have to show your face. And that's, what's really nice about, you know, all that is Etsy and doing the print on demand business. So.
0: Okay, and if you guys go through one of those free ones, um, you'll absolutely be. She'll let you know how to how to access the master the master course too. So there'll be plenty of ways to be able to find that. That's awesome. Okay, so where are the best places for our listeners to follow you, keep in touch, just be in your in your world of what you're creating?
1: Yeah. Um, so Heather Studio on YouTube is the first place to find me. Um, I have a lot of tutorials on there. I have you know. Uh, also set up tutorials on how to do your first design and how to place those designs on mock-ups, how to do SEO. I have that all there as well. But I do also have my own website. It's www.heatherxstudio.com. That's where you can find a lot of my other digital products that can support you in your print-on-demand business journey as well. So,
0: Okay. We will have all of the links, all of the information so you guys can find her. I think if you were in the print on demand space, she is just another phenomenal resource. And Heather, thank you for your generosity today. You've shared so much value. I think I think it's gonna fire some people up. I think and it's like the end of the year, right? We're thinking about we're thinking about New Year's, we're starting about New Year's resolutions. We're getting into that mindset of what's next. What are you know, what do we want to accomplish? So I don't know. I think it I think it's I think it's good stuff. Thank you so much for spending the time with me.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me on your podcast.
0: We'll have to keep in touch and um, and see what we can do in the future, because I know we're only going to get more and more questions. And I think the print-on-demand space is only going to get more exciting. I mean, I know everyone wants to say like, oh, it's too saturated, but it's, it's really not. Um, and I think that more and more products and opportunities are going to open up. So please mm-hmm. keep me in your Rolodex.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think um, one surprising fact or estimation I saw recently is that right now, or in 2021, print on demand, the industry was at 4.9 billion, and it's projected to grow to 30 billion by 2030. So, you know, a lot of people say it's saturated, but I think being in it right now is really great for the years to come. So
0: only more and more products that we're going to see, you know, we're starting to see like bucket hats and things like that, but we're going to get more. It's Mm going to become so much more than just t-shirts and sweatshirts and all of that. I think it's very exciting. So again, thank you. And you guys, thanks for being with us today. I hope this was interesting and valuable and I treasure every moment you spend with me. So until next time, go make something awesome. Thanks, Heather. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Hey guys, I'm just popping on the end here today with a little after note to today's episode, which I hope you loved. Heather is awesome. Her YouTube is phenomenal. Her resources are incredible. Um, she's just a really quality person. I've so enjoyed getting to know her, but she and I recorded this episode back in early fall when I was accumulating all of my maternity leave content. So now it's December. I've got a wonderful growing two month old baby boy that I am snuggling every chance I get. And I'm putting this together to go live and Heather is now bringing out a whole new course and webinar. So her, the resources that she mentioned are on pause. If you're listening to this, like, you know, um, at the end of December, her resources are on pause and she's launching the new ones in the beginning of the year. So around the first week of January, there's going to be a whole new webinar and course available for you guys that will be top notch. So Um, kind of scratch what she said the resources were. And what you can do is you can go down into the show notes if you are excited about Heather's resources, which I suspect you are because I know how much you guys love Print on Demand. Go jump on the wait list and you will then get informed when all of these new free and paid resources for print on demand get released. And in the meantime, like make sure you do that so that we can keep in touch with you and let you know, you know what's coming out and when it, and when it's available and any like goodies that are going to be happening during that launch period. Um, and then go binge her YouTube channel where you're going to just get so much between now and then so much value. You're going to get to know her, her voice, her style, and then you'll really know if her free and paid resources above that are going to be for you. So, um, Thank you so much for being understanding. I had no idea. We had no idea back in like August or September when we recorded this that everything was going to change, but that's what happens when you're planning for a maternity leave. So I love you guys. I'm excited to um, reconnect with you with a bit of a catch-up episode um, as we Get ready for January, and um, the next episode that comes out, and we'll talk about the trends for 2023 and what you can be looking to do to, to really grow. So I'm so excited for a new year with you. Thanks for all the love and support during my pregnancy and my maternity leave. And I just, I can't wait to be with you again soon. Love you guys. Have a great week. And that's a wrap on this episode of How to Sell Your Stuff on Etsy. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. If you're looking for more resources, head on over to howtosellyourstuff.com where you'll find podcast show notes, all the links from today's episode, the blog, courses, coaching, and more. If this episode was helpful to you, awesome. The greatest compliment I can receive from you is a rate, review, and subscribe on this podcast. Not only will it allow us to connect again on a future episode, it lets me know I'm providing you with value and helps other people find this content more easily. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for your support. Have a great day and see you next time.